Welcome to Hour of Champions. I'm Steve Warner, former bond trader turned entrepreneur. In each episode, it is our goal to help people reclaim their courage by connecting them to their physical, mental, and spiritual greatness. Join us as we help reshape our stories and become the heroes of our own personal journey. Welcome to Hour of Champions. I'm Steve Warner, founder and creator, and I usually get a little long-winded in the in uh, in the onset, but I'm like I'm overwhelmed here tonight. And one of the reasons is I I have my friend Scott O'Leary on here tonight. This is um, I've been waiting for a long time for this to happen, and. Um, up until about an hour ago, I have been friends with Scott for a few years now. I've never talked to him voice to voice. It's always been over messenger, um, on Facebook or on an interview that he did with me. I think it was 2018. It might've been 19 on his badasses over 50 series. He was kind enough to interview me and let me tell my story. Um, and I thought I was a badass until I started hearing his story. So um, I also want to make it like super clear that no matter how tough I think I am or how uh, great I am at overcoming obstacles and hurdles, there is there are many times where my light goes dim. Um, and I have reached out to Scott um, in the middle of the night because I'm up at four o'clock in the morning and he's crazy enough to be up at four o'clock in the morning. And I remember one time in particular uh, about 18 months ago, I was very, very frustrated. I was, wasn't sure if things were going to work out with this whole, um, just this, this whole thing that I'm building here with our champions. And I said, sometimes I feel like quitting and Scott typed me back very quickly. Anybody can quit. You're not an anybody. And I took a picture of that, that, uh, that little message on Facebook and I have it tucked away. Um, Here's a guy that uh, when I first started learning about him, I would see pictures of 50 mile runs. And then for dessert, he would drag a, a tire five miles through the snow. Um, I, I said, I gotta, I gotta stay close to the vest with this guy. And, um, and uh, most recently he completed the Moab through Utah, which I believe is a 240 mile run in three days, which is uh, beyond my wildest comprehension. But uh, so blessed to have you in my orbit. Uh, you taught me that also a few years ago. Um, so uh, without, with no further ado here, Scott O'Leary. Well, thanks for having me uh, on this. And um, it's awesome to talk to you face to face. Uh, it's quite a pleasure. Um, grateful to be here. Grateful to know you as, as, you, as I tell you all the time. Uh, but I'll let everyone else know that too. Um, so I'm, I'm really appreciative to be here and, and uh, share whatever I can and um, help uh, myself and anyone else uh, who, who uh, wants to keep moving forward. You know, that's kind of, you know, the that's goal the here. That's the theme. Yeah. Could keep moving forward. Um, it, it is. And I, and, and uh, um, I know we talked a little bit about where to start and we agreed the best place, place to start is always at the beginning. We both chuckled about that because uh, yeah. there's so much to talk about. But it's it's always my hope, Scott, to give people not only hope but reality, like the truth. 
that no matter how dark or dim things get, there's always the ability to turn things around and to turn them around like lightning quick sometimes. And I know that you and I both are adhere to the same philosophy of fitness, mindset, and spirit. So maybe you can help take us through your journey a little bit and uh, where you were, where you, how you got the road that you got on and where you are and how that all plays into your journey. Yeah. Um, I was probably a million miles away from uh, fitness, spirituality, and um, overcoming obstacles. Um, so I work in I work in advertising. I got I got recruited to Minneapolis in uh, 1999 to work at a um, what what was at the time a very world famous agency. So I was at at least in that world I was sort of at the top of my game, which was at that point important to me. You know, uh, so I worked a lot. I was a workaholic. Um, I I probably uh, could probably say right along with being a workaholic, I was an alcoholic. Um, and, uh, they go hand in hand so beautifully. <laughs> yeah, they, um, I think they do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe other people don't, don't suffer that as much, but, um, definitely, uh, I did, um, probably, probably a long time before I even started working, I was probably drinking way too much, you know? Um, anyway, um, the agency was was like sort of my hiding spot in terms of like, you know, I, I didn't really have to deal with, I didn't really have to deal with much. I was trying to be successful at my job and it all looked great from the outside, you know, uh, too much house, uh, too many things. Um, obviously have, I have an amazing wife and children. Um, you know, everything looks okay. You know, that, that societal facade, but in, you know, for me, I, I was, I was not in the greatest of place. I was, you know, drinking too much, eating wrong, um, suffering from anxiety, suffering from depression, um, uh, suffering from a lot of things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that all gets covered up if you, if you make a decent paycheck and, you know, your wife is super forgiving and uh, you have friends who don't care because you go over and you party on the weekend with them mm -hmm. and no one, no one makes you accountable for, for anything really, honestly. Um, you, you have to do that and it's not their job to, it's my job to, but all of that kind of, um, reached its climax, um, when the agency started to, you know, all great things must crumble. So the agency started to not be what it was when I joined. Mm. And as the agency, uh, became less than great, you know, I started to go, I started to see that I had built my whole life around my job, really all my, all my thinking, all my all my activities, all my friendships, everything was around this thing and it, and it wasn't uh, working very well. Um, and, you know, so I drank more and uh, slept less and just kept going down the dark rabbit hole of depression and anxiety uh, until I woke up one day and I basically honestly just couldn't uh, deal with myself anymore. Like it was sort of, I was sick of me. It sounds to me like um, your life was part of your business instead of your business being part of your life. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, you know, anytime I was doing any kind of working out, it was, you know, it was, you know, gym stuff, and it was just sort of like, you know, I was pretending. There was, there was no real intent. There was no real, and then spirituality was out the window. I mean, you know, you know, I, I grew up 
you know, Irish Catholic, but um, that hadn't been a place I had been sort of looking for spiritual help for, for a long time. So um, I was a mess, you know, it didn't look it for most people, but I was, I was a first class mess. So uh, I woke up, I couldn't take, I, I didn't really know what to do. I honestly was completely lost. You know, I was, uh, you know, again, depression, anxiety, drinking. And uh, I just, I, I woke up one day and I was sick of me, I was sick of it. And I just said, well, I'm, you know, I only knew one thing. I, I kind of resorted back to something that I understood as a kid. I was an athlete. I was like, well, I'm just going to get in the best shape I can. That, it was just a simple, it was just a simple sort of mantra. It was like, I'm just going to get in the best shape I can. I was 185 pounds, you know, um, I was at least 35 pounds overweight. Um, and I just tore into getting in shape. And had you ever, had, excuse me for interrupting. Yeah, ask anything. Had, had you, um, had you explored the, uh, the, the, the fitness thing is like a solution for um, stress and anxiety, or was this just a hunch? Just, just it was a complete sort of like Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. I, I was throwing, I was throwing the ball with no time on the clock. I just, okay. I really didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really this or just keep drinking really. I mean, it was kind of like, I, I didn't know where to go. Yeah. Um, so I figured I'd give it a shot because I liked being an athlete. And I had sort of ignored that part of me for so many years because of work. And I made excuses that I was like, okay, well, work isn't working out. Well, I'll just, I'll just throw myself into, into being an athlete and see what happens. No, no idea what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously that became extremely intense to me right away because I had all this, you know, pent up emotion and, and, and stuff. And, you know, I went from, I literally went from, and I, you know, at that time, I also decided, well, this is useless if I don't change my eating. I mean, I, this was all nuts and bolts stuff. I was like, you know, well, I can't train if I don't eat. I'm, I mean, I'm doing the basics here. It was like, yeah. so my, my diet completely changed. And I, I, you know, I was, I was, I was getting away from, I started getting away from, you know, red meat and I started going heavy vegetables and, and, and I, I was like, oh, wow, this, I start feeling good. And then, you know, and then, you know, the weight starts dropping. I'm still drinking, by the way. I'm, I haven't stopped drinking, um, you know. But that also gets curbed because I'm training hard and I don't want to drink. You know, it was a more. It turned into more of a weekend thing. Um, anyway, I went from 185 to um, 145. Wow. What was your sport of choice? Was it running? I was. I was lifting or? and cro I was lifting and doing cross CrossFit on my own. So I was doing super intense CrossFit and I and I was just weight training super intensely. With, 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 you know, I was eating like, I don't mean to get overly technical here, but I was like on a 1500 calorie diet a day. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was like, I was starving myself basically, but I was getting through it. Talking to a guy who's tried every single fat loss diet <laughs> you could possibly he, imagine here. I'm, yeah, I'm constantly striving. And the, the, the thing that was about it too, is like, you know, as soon as I got to a point, the furnace was running so hot you know, for me, my metabolism changed in so, so quickly. I was at like 145 and I was getting like, I got some really weird reactions. It was really, it was like, you know, do you have cancer? Are you dying? It was like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm just, I'm working I'm out. Healthy. <laughs> I'm trying to get healthy. And I'm like, right. I'm dying. I'm like, 
wow, this is the, uh, this is not like, it was, a, it was an odd thing to kind of like go through with different, different like people. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some people like, wow, you look great. And other people like, uh, you know, are you, are you seriously sick? And I'm like, wow, this is, you know, I didn't really have the sort of like, honestly, the mental stability to deal with the, the, all, the all the weird input, like at that time. And I'm like, wow, I don't, I'm not sure what to do with all of this. So it sounds like your body was finding its optimal weight though at that time and just taking you to exactly where it was supposed to go. And yeah, I mean, I was, I, I, I was, I, I felt great. I was, you know, and then I could start eating again. I could start eating more, you know? So then I, you know, I could, I, I started eating like normal, like a normal person more or less. <laughs> um, but, you know, I got to a certain point with the food and the, and the working out and, um, I, I, I kind of had my next sort of like uh, look in the mirror and I was like, you know, I'm 10% body fat, hundred percent fucked in the head. Hmm. I, 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 that's where I was at. And luckily I had a, I had a friend at the time who was subtly chatting to me about sort of Buddhism and um, meditation and Taoism and then he started feeding me books. And that was like a whole nother thing for me. As soon as I started reading about that spiritual journey, I just, I just kind of dove in. It was the same, it was the same veracity. I was just like, I, I just wanted to read everything I could read. And, 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 and then it started, it, then the spiritual journey started to happen for me. I started to really latch on to Buddhist thinking and, Taoist thinking, and then I, I, then I, then I found Stoicism, which was like really heavy for me. I really liked Stoicism because it was so practical about like it was like the, the Buddhist with a with a toolkit. You know, it, it gave you the tools to like really build like a, a strong mind and body and, and spiritual structure around yourself. So I was super inspired by that. I know that could be overwhelming to people, um, especially people confuse religion with spirituality and um it's been told to me that religious people are trying to stay out of hell spiritual people have already been to hell so, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know uh the person who alerted me to that said congratulations you're spiritual and i reached out to you a few weeks ago i remember yeah. for some thoughts on stoicism and you gave me a few authors any uh, can you share a few simple uh easy authors as an introductory for somebody that's listening that is curious about spirituality or stoicism sure uh ryan holiday's written a series of books he's sort of like the modern version of of, of uh, he's taken ancient stoicism and sort of um recalibrated it for a modern world um but the but the but the, the two here the two i mean there's three but the, the two big ones are seneca and marcus aurelius um Seneca's Seneca's book um, is is really uh, um, letters from a Stoic um, is a conversation between him and and, and another another uh, um, person and they're just they're just talking about life and Seneca is giving his views it's 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 really fascinating um, and these are two thousand year old words that that can be applied daily i mean it, it's it's yeah. about overcoming obstacles and acceptance and living in the moment and uh accepting fate um you know again it's not for everybody it's just it was for me 
it was it was ringing it was ringing with my my physical journey like I, I felt they were they were they were kind of meeting and um and buddhism obviously is is, a, is slightly different but you know there's a lot of the same kind of principles it's just a, a softer more introspective version of the stoics the stoics just say it yeah i think on this journey that you're talking about that sounds you know, quite similar to mine in, in many ways. There's a light goes on where you just become curious yeah. about like, how, you know, like what does it take to find that peace of mind? And I've, because of you, I've listened to Ryan Holiday on YouTube. I'm a big YouTube guy. I get up in the morning and I search and look for little clips and bits and pieces and put it in my phone while I work out. So I'm kind of absorbing it almost like an audio book. And uh, wow, some really, really fascinating stuff there. Yeah. And, you know, Bernie Brown, I, you know, there, there's so many great, there's so many great teachers, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, there, there, there's so many people that I got exposed to that just shared, you know, things that, you know, I wasn't in a place to kind of accept when I, prior to, to, to sort of my, at least the physical um, journey I went on. And I think what, what led to, you know, open, opening that door even more was my ultra running. Because ultra, ultra running, yeah, I mean, the, the, the road from like, from, you know, being a gym rat, you know, sort of getting in that physical shape. I wasn't running when I was doing that kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I've been a runner in high school, but I had kind of stopped running for over 30 something years. I, I didn't even think about running. And, um, you know, I got, I got asked by a, a friend to, to uh, run a foot race in, in uh, upper, upper Wisconsin. I don't know why he asked me. It was odd, quite odd thing to ask me. It was a 35 mile race in the, in the snow one foot and I wasn't running. And he caught me at a moment in time where I, I was doing that physical stuff. I was doing that spiritual work. And I was also sort of in, in the middle of three different people dealing with cancer at that time. Um, two of them who aren't here anymore. And I was very intimate with their stories and they were different. They were different to me. One was my neighbor. One was a friend of a friend. And then one was a guy I worked with. So there were different levels of intimacy with them, but they were all very open about what was going on with their journey with cancer. Um, two of them are on the other side. Um, but at the time they were all here. And when he asked me that, I was just like, I was, I was, I was so involved in their stories and, 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 and how they were dealing with life or, or not having, not being here. I just felt like, why would I say no to this? Like the worst thing that happened is I go up there and I, and I go five miles and, 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 and so what, you know, it's like, so I was, I was like, this makes no sense, but I'm going to do it. I, I, that's all I thought. I felt, I felt like I should just go. Um, so I, I, I did. And, um, that was the, that was the open and that opened the first door to my ultra running sort of world. And that trip was super, um, spiritual for me. Like I, I, I really, I remember when I finished it, I finished that race. I mean, I had no business being out there. I, I, I trained for 10 weeks to run 35 miles, basically from couch, like running, not, not running. I was in shape, but I wasn't in running shape. So I gave myself, I only had 10 weeks to get ready for that race. And I suffered immensely, like immensely, but I knew it meant something. And I, and I, and I loved it. And I knew that suffering was a, a path to joy. 
and it opened up other doors for me. So I, I immediately signed up for a 50 miler and um, I ran that and I suffered equally as badly because I wasn't really prepared for that race either. But I finished it. And then at that 50, 50 mile finish line, I knew that moment I was coming back to run the hundred. And that's when it really blew up for me. <laughs> so that I noticed, I noticed, by the way, Scott also has a Facebook community and he's a giver, a super, super giver. And I noticed that you write a lot or you post a lot about suffering and, um, and, and, and what it means um, uh, in life. And uh, um, can you elaborate on that even? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a very tough word that it, it, gets, it gets very alienating for people because I think most of us obviously don't want to suffer. We, we live in a society that, that is sort of aim is not to have a suffer. We got a pill for everything. Our heats are seated. You know, uh, our trucks now have steps on them. Um, you know, it, it, the easier it gets, the better. And I, I don't know if that's really my path. I, you know, I, I feel like whenever things are really hard, I learn something about myself. And when I get put in a situation where I have to make really hard choices about what matters, and, 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 and it's like when you're in a hundred mile race and you're basically stripped down to moving, eating, and drinking, you find out a lot about yourself. Hmm. And, you know, you find out what really matters. Like, and I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like every time I go to a start line of, of real consequence, it's sort of like a birth. It's like I, I start at that line and then I exit a, dif a different person. And I'm usually in tears by the end of it. I, I mean, I cry at all the major, all my, all the races that have like super huge uh, points or, or are, are big sort of a races for me because I don't I, I, a races is a bad word because it's everyone says that I think races that I, I know have real consequence on my on my human spirit there's no doubt I just I just end up crying and it's not forced it's not like I I, I think about it it just happens Tears and of joy I would imagine it's but... it's complete joy it's the kind of joy that I, I you only you only get in certain parts of your life I mean births and and marriages and and your children's you know that 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 those tears that come from places you don't understand, you just feel them and they and they happen and that's what I get it that's what I get and that part of it I feel is like because I'm willing to suffer, and and it and it matters and it means something bigger than me. I know it's just a race in the woods, but it doesn't feel like that when you're out there because you're <laughs> so connected to things that you don't connect with on a daily basis, or the planet, the the, the trees, the, the sky, you your real thoughts, your, who you really are. Like you can't hide out there, even though you're in the woods, you, can, you can't hide. I, I, I can imagine just going for a three mile jog. I hear my breath and I, I feel like connected to myself. Um, I wanted to circle back because you mentioned yeah. your wife and kids. And um, I too have an amazing wife and three amazing kids. And what, what, what was their take on seeing this transformation in your journey uh, going um, back? I, I've known my wife since I was 15. So yeah. I think there's sort of like a, um, I mean, she's never said this, but I think there's sort of like, uh, this is my, this is 
This is just my interpretation of, of it. I think she sees sort of like the 15 year old in me again, more than anything. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm probably moving closer to who I was when she first met me than who I've been for a really long time. You know, um, so I, I think there's, you know, I, I've w- with drinking and with, you know, ambition and working all the time, I, 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 you can cause a lot of like, she, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think she'd ever say, you know, she's still here. So I don't think she'd ever say it was like, you know, um, a reason to leave, but, you know, I think it was hard on her. And I think right now it, who I am has offered her a ton of peace. And that's a whole nother side of this that I really, I, I feel super fortunate about because I think her life has become more peaceful because my life is more peaceful and she's not riding my, my sort of, uh, like the fire hose without any firemen. You know, it's just wiggling and all over the place and doesn't know where it's going. Um, yeah, it's a it, it, it's it's amazing to have a wife be proud of you for who you are, for not not just for what you bring home and put in the bank account or you know the material things. I, right. I too, I too have the the same. Like during my hardest times, my wife would just kick me in the morning and go, "Let's go, get up, come on." We can do this. You know, she was, my wife lost her mother when she was a very young uh, girl in college. And she said, Steve, this is, this is nothing <laughs> like, right. come on, let's go, you know? And, uh, and now when she sees me now with what, you know, I've created um, on the outside, just, you know, my little, my, my community here, very similar to yours and people recognize, they say, oh, you're, you're, you're the wife of the guy from our champions. <laughs> You know, she'll come home and she'll like scratch her head and say, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. So um, I would imagine your wife is a pretty strong lady. And how many kids do you have? Can we freeze up there? Uh-oh. Can we freeze up? No. Hmm. There, Scott. You there? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, we're better. On. We froze. I'm sorry. No, no worries. That happens. Technology. Yeah. I was talking about strong wives, <laughs> and I yeah. asked how many how many kids you have. I, I have two, um, and um, I, I think the sort of the fortunate part about, and I feel very very lucky about this, is like. I feel like I'm doing some positive things. Like I think we all try and be good fathers, parents. And I think, you know, sometimes just your actions are way more than your words. I, I did a lot of, I did a lot of talking and not a lot of like um, really living what I, what I wanted them to, to do or be now I'm living it. And I hope that that means more to them now. Um, I think it's really easy for us to, you know, say, Hey, you should be this and do that and act like this and do this. And then you don't do any of those things. And they're like, okay, (laughs) you know, now, now I feel much, much more in a place where, you know, as a, as a, as a parent, I feel um, I'm doing sort of my, my best work now. Job well done, right? There's nothing. It's never done, but yeah, I feel like I'm doing a much better job than I did when. How old, how old are your kids now? uh, My son's 30 and my daughter's uh, 26. Oh, same here. 
Yeah, so, well, I, I have one more, but um, it's awesome. I know the, the rewards of being a parent and the rewards of working on ourselves and showing our kids, um, not to steal your thunder here, but my kids saw me kind of broken in 2009 and then they see a totally different guy this right. time around and they go, wow. And I said, you know, we, you get a second shot, sometimes a third shot. And this is the way I want to be remembered right. as, the, as the hero, not as the victim. Um, right. Take us uh, fast forward um, to uh, your greatest achievement to date um, in terms of your fitness and um, are you frozen there? No, no, I'm here. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, the Moab <laughs> and what took you there. And um, there's, an, there's a beautiful story about taking a friend with you that uh, is um, one of the most beautiful stories I've ever heard in my life. If you wouldn't mind. Yeah, no, I, yeah. So I, you know, I, 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 I ran, you know, I ran a couple of hundreds and um, obviously that was, that was giving me a lot that that door was a lot, but you know, like anything, you know, you kind of start asking how, 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 how far can you go? I mean, what, 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 what are you capable of? And that's like, not just a physical thing. It's, it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's a, you know, it's a life thing. It's like, what, what can I accomplish bef before, you know, my time is done here. And um, so this race was sort of like, you know, it's the, it's one, it's probably the longest, I think it's the long, right now it's the longest foot race in America in terms of like a, a structured foot race. So I was kind of like, I saw, I heard about it, you know, the 200s have started to happen. And a couple of years ago, I was like, well, this is something I, I would like to do, you know, at least in theory, I was like, you know, so I was, I was sort of planning, mapping it. I was like, you know, I don't want to get into anything if I don't feel like I'm ready, not, I, I always feel ready mentally, but I, I want to make sure, you know, I try and at least believe that, but you know, physically I, I want to be there. So I started like looking towards Moab and I started knocking off things that I wanted to do before I got to Moab. And then, you know, I got hurt and that slowed it down and then the pandemic. And that was sort of like, shut it down for me. It shut a lot down for everybody, obviously. Big test there. Yeah. And honestly, I could talk about the pandemic just in me. It, like I, I, I found this like an amazing journey. Like I've, 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 there's so much I love about it. And I know that's probably going to people make, make scratch their head a little bit, but yeah. anyway, I got through, I got, I, I could, they, I couldn't do that race. Um, it, it got, it got shut down. And then the next year it was like, I, I wasn't ready. At least I didn't think I was ready. So my, I was in a car with my friend um, who had gone through quite a bit. I could talk for two hours about him alone and his, his journey. But anyway, he, he, he had gotten himself in a place where um, I thought he had really turned his life around and we were having, we had lunch. He was dropping me off. And he basically, before I got out of the car, he said to me, he goes, you know, he goes, I love watching you run. I love watching you race. He goes, I, I just want to go for a run with you. I want to feel that joy up close. I want to see what it's like to go for a run with you. And this is my friend, Ted. Wow. At this point, he wasn't, he wasn't in a physical shape to run, but he, I, I was like, God, he's, he's so working on things. Like I, you know, and, and I was so appreciative that he, that he saw me, that he, they, cause he had seen me in very dark places and, uh, and he's been in dark places 
and he just wanted to be up near my, up close at my joy. And I said, well, we'll go for that run. It's like, we'll figure it out. Got out of the car, went to work. Two weeks later, he was gone. I got the call. He, he passed away. So uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't ask um, because um, honestly, I, didn't, I don't really want to know. Mm. Um, I, I want to. I want to leave it where it is. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, I, 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 or... um, he, he had. He had, there were so many ways this could have went down. I, I don't know what, what 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 it was, but I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> um, it's not going to help me to know what happened, right. and it may hurt if I if I know some if if I know some stuff. So um, I don't really know. Um, it, but I we you know I went to his celebration of life Pam, Pam and I that's my wife and there were like 400 people there he was that kind of person and um it was it was a spectacular it was I, I I never laughed and cried so much at a funeral um or a celebration whatever you want to call it um it was beautiful it was heartbreaking it was funny as hell and uh his his um family had decided uh to create a number of small urns with his ashes in it to give out at this. I knew nothing about this. So at the end of this basically four hour ceremony, his, his uh, wife um, got up with the children and said, we have, you know, small urns we're gonna give to some people. And all we want you to do is to take Teddy out in the world, take him on an adventure and let him go. And I, you know, I'm sitting there. It's like, it's been overwhelming as it is. And they start calling out names and they called mine. And, um, I walked up, I, I, I felt like I was in, on another, like I, I, my body went up there, but my, I, I don't, I don't really, really quite remember where I was. I just remember getting handed the urn and I'm like, I, you know, I don't really know. I didn't really know what was going on. I was so overwhelmed just in general. So I took Teddy home and he sat on, he sat in my living room. I, you know, sat with him every day uh, in, in, in mostly in grieving at that point. And Oddly enough, I had never at that for about two months, I never connected Moab and that conversation we had. And for some reason, I was sitting there one morning, I, I think I was drinking my tea, you know, it's my time, you know, in the morning there. And I remembered that conversation and I'm like, Moab's the place. I knew, I, I knew it. It was like, it was sitting right in front of me the whole time. Wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was like, it, I don't even know if I ever would have done Moab without, without. I mean, it was sort of like, I, I felt like I didn't, I wanted to do it, but I was kind of like, I don't think this is going to happen. I had already missed a couple windows on it. But then when I remember that conversation with Ted, I'm like, well, that's the run we're going on. If we're going to go on one, we might as well go on, the, on this one. The big one. <laughs> and like, yeah, just, you know, and it was, a, it was a, it's a spectacular place. You know, letting him free in the desert, you know, in, in that part of the world. Um, so I, I, you know, you had to sign up on um, New Year's Day, uh, nine o'clock. I, you know, I don't drink anymore. So I was up. I was sitting at that computer way before the before the time I got on 10 minutes before. And um, I got in, I signed up and the race was sold out in 30 minutes. Wow. So luckily I got in. 
and then um, then all the then all the hard work started happening. You know, Teddy and I, you know, I, I didn't I wasn't I wasn't sure what I was going to do, like in terms of like I didn't have any plan. This all happened. I was like I was like, OK, I just remember saying to my wife, I'm taking Teddy for a run today. It's time for us to go running. You know, I, I was like. So I put him in his little, I put him in a little, a bag, a little Ziploc bag. And I, that was like his, to me, that was like his Under Armour clothing for cold, because it was cold as hell and uh, not hell, but uh, cold as a minute Minnesota gets. And we yes. went for a run and um, he just kept going with me. And then I started talking to him, you know, out there and I, I we formed a whole new relationship. I, I was talking to an urn in the middle of the woods for eight hour runs and stuff. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. And then I don't know what I don't really know why I started like sharing it on social media. I'm not 100 percent sure why I did it. I, I guess I was so just full of like equal amounts of joy and grief that I wanted to kind of like share it with people who knew him and people that cared about him and ended up bringing his family together over this. Like they, 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 they started contacting me and saying how much my post meant to them, which I didn't really understand at the time. And um, so we went through 10 months of hard training and then him and I went to the desert and um, we, we went out there and, um, you know, we spent four days together um, over 240 miles of the most amazing place I've, I've probably ever been as, uh, you know, out on my own, basically, you know, on foot, um, going from aid station to aid station. Um, had a lot of conversations with them out there, uh, a lot of heavy spiritual moments, really um, um, things I, I don't really understand to this day. And um, we finished, a, we finished that, we finished that lot. We crossed that line, him and I, 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 I cried as not anyone's surprise. Right. Um, and then the next day uh, I had to say bye um, for the second time. And I took him to the, to the very first part where you enter into the desert, uh, into that race. It's, it starts on road and then it go, and then you enter the desert. And um, I took him to that there and I let him, I let him, I, I put him on, I put him on the red clay of uh, red sand. And that was, the single hardest moment. It was harder than the race. It was harder than 10 months of training. It was, it was hard. Wow. And, um, I sat there and I looked at him on the ground and I was like, well, that's going to be me. I mean, there's just no way around it. There was nowhere to hide any, there was nowhere to hide. It was very, even though he felt like he was here, he wasn't. And when I let him out of that urn and I saw him, I'm like, this is, this is, that's going to be me someday. And I better, from here on out, put my foot down on the pedal even more. Like that, that's what I came out of that experience with. It's like- That's an I, amazing I, message. It really, thank you for sharing that. That was, my heart rate's like at 145 right now, just sitting here listening and pounding and, and you're right. It's time to put the pedal to the metal. And I hope that my listeners and people that are, you know, part of the Hour Champions, group and that this conversations like this just help them understand that <laughs> like anything is achievable. I mean, who goes and runs 240 miles? I'm sorry, but I, you know, like that, that's, that's pure craziness. And you just went after it and you just did it because you told yourself you were going to do it. 
Yeah, and you know what? I think I, I think if I can share anything that I've kind of learned in this journey, it's it, it, the doors you open open other doors. So what I mean by that is if I didn't open up the 35-mile door, I never would open up the 50-mile door, which never would have led to the 100-mile door, which never would have led, which I never would have got to the 240 door, which led me now to, I'm going to do a 270-mile paddle and portage in the boundary waters. And I'm not a paddler. I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I've been learning how to paddle over, uh, over the last year. And I'm going into a, a, a very extreme race where, where there's expert paddlers. I don't really care. I'm just digging in and becoming the best paddler I can be. And I'm gonna go there and, and me and this guy are gonna, gonna try and go 270 miles in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a canoe and, and carry this, our stuff for over 30 miles on, on, in really rough, rough portaging from, from lake to lake. And it's that like, is... that's, that's coming up this year. It got canceled, it got can't, I was gonna do that race in Moab back to back, uh, but it got canceled because of the fires and the droughts and the boundary waters here in Minnesota. Um, the Boundary Waters are an amazing chain of, of lakes that separate um, United States and Canada. And this trail is the old fur trader trail. So the fur traders would go up into upper upper parts of Canada, and then they have to take all their wares down through this, this passage we're going to take with all their stuff. And then they bring it to the Lake Superior, and then the boats, bigger boats, would take it to New York City and whatever, all, all the fur. So this is the, this is the sort of thousand-year-old fur trader um, Path we're going to be on, and that the uh, the natives of that the uh, indigenous people of that area have been have been had had traveled for many many years. I mean, it's it's mind blowing. I've I've done part of it. It's it's insane. I can't, so. I can't wait to hear about it. So for for a novice like myself that wants to, and I I don't know why I always say this. I don't know why I always have to mention my age, but I'm 62 years old. I want to do a Spartan race of some sort, where do I start? What, what, what do I, what, what would you recommend for anybody like me or anybody else that's listening? I, I always, I mean, for me, anything, anything that I sign up for, I think I want to sign up for, I, I start with signing up. <laughs> like you said, the beginning is the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, because once you sign up, you are forced to deal yeah. with the issue versus yeah. like, I mean, there, there are so many things you can do. Like if you want to run a Spartan race, I, I, I think, you know, uh, work on your, you know, try and uh, elevate your running, try and elevate your your core strength, meaning your body weight strength, because you're, you're going to have to carry your own body weight and then you're going to have to carry heavy things. So there's just sort of, those are the three basic principles. You're either going to carry something heavy, you're going to carry you, or you're going to be running up, up and down uh, tough terrain. So, you know, there, there's all those nuances within that, but that, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the basics. You and know. they're all over the place again. I've looked into it with Karen a few times. Yeah. And there's a brutal race in Chicago. It's it's always super muddy. It's 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 I I ran it. It's it's brutal. It's out at McHenry. Is that Richmond, by any chance? To... It's at Richmond. It's a oh Richmond, Richmond Illinois. Yes. Yeah, on the on a yeah. It's 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 brutal. I've never been in such bad mud in my whole life. I mean, it was <laughs> sounds fabulous. All yeah, it was it was great. I mean, you know, those are those are the things that like. I mean, that's when you, you know, we talk about suffering. It's like, I've been on, mud is an interesting one for me. It's like, cause mud to me is like, uh, what, like the equivalent of life, you know, you get stuck in things, you get stuck in rocks, you get stuck, it's, but that you got to work through this stuff. Like I've seen people get destroyed mentally by mud on a course. They just cannot deal with it. It's like, 
why, why, why did you sign up? It's like, mm. you know, you can't predict what the weather's going to be. If it rains and it's True. muddy, you got to be ready for it. You got to deal with it. It's like, that's part of dealing with stuff. So the course is always to me, like either Spartan racing or ultra racing. It's just like a, a really intense day of what life is like. I love you know? that. That is so, I love the way that you put that. And I'm going to go, I'm going tomorrow morning at four o'clock when I get up, I'm getting on and I'm going to find something to sign up for and let you know. Yeah. I mean, um, again, you know, the, the, the portage and the paddling thing, I'm, I didn't, I didn't find that that found me. The guy that my friend asked me to do it, you know, he, he lost a really good friend and, and he, he thought about it for two years who to pick. And he, he asked me first and I was like, how could I say no? Like that's, a, that'd be ridiculous of me to say no, wouldn't it? I mean, it's like, he thought about that. He lost his best, one of his best friends. He was going to do this, this trip with them. He, he, he passed away. He's thought about this for two years and he picked me and I'm going to say no, like, it doesn't matter how afraid I am. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a, this isn't, this is, this was a non-issue. What, like was the word that I, what was the word that I taught you before we got on the year here? Right. Um, Beshert. Yes. Meant to be. Meant to be. It's right. just meant to be. Yeah. Because I be. put myself in a position now where I'm going to, I, I wanted to get my golf handicap down below a five. Let's see, what do I want to do? Run a, run a race and destroy myself or get my handicap below a five? Maybe I could do both. But you, 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 I mean, in a weird way, look at what you've done with this, our champions. You put yourself in a, in a situation that's sort of like growth, it's complete growth mindset. You've been figuring it out. You're trying to lead a community. You're trying to help people. You, you're using things, you, you know, skills that you haven't, you know, whether it's uh, social skills or, or technological skills, you know, you're, 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 you're in total growth mindset. With, with this, it's not any different than than signing up for some big race. It's the same yeah, thing. Just I'm in the mud once in a while. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you end up in the mud. Yeah. You know, or or a blizzard, or or heat exhaustion, or whatever it is. It, it it's gonna and, happen. And I I think that's a, a a perfect way to, um, kind of wrap this whole thing up. I sometimes you're in the mud. Yeah, and the Buddhists said no. Yeah, yeah, the Buddhists say no mud, no lotus. The lotus flower doesn't grow without mud. The most, well, the most beautiful flower on the planet will not happen unless it comes out of the mud. So the mud is the is the birthplace of of, of this beautiful flower. And you yeah, know that's why I think suffering is worth suffering over suffering for because I think you you find extreme beauty either within yourself or you you give it to other people. You know by by who you become or what you become. Or what other people see in you, or what they what they get from your lessons, or you know, I I just think that's part of part of the journey, at least for me. Well, I'm you know they say when the when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and I'm very aware of the fact that's why you appeared in my life because the the, the one time eighteen months ago when you just simply typed to me, anybody can quit. You're not an anybody. I was in the mud. Yeah, I was just stuck in the mud and I just needed a little push out of the mud there. And um, I'm super blessed to have you in my orbit. The Hour of Champions is blessed to have you in its orbit. And um, I'm so grateful. And as you know, I say we're, we're all teachers and we're all students. We're, so we we're are. all. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the great thing about this journey. You can get so much out of it if, if you just keep your eyes open, your heart open. There's so many great teachers out there. And if you're always looking to learn. Well, thank you for sharing, Scott. And I'm sure we'll be back again to share even more. And uh, 
keep doing great things. Honored to be here. Thanks, thanks for uh, letting me talk about at least you know this this part of my journey. Um, I really appreciate it. It's it's an honor. Blessed. Namaste.